Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hello and welcome to a very patriotic Bastille Day episode of Toonami Preflight. It's Bastille Day. We're, we're celebrating the 4th of July several weeks late because we basically forgot that we could talk about the 4th of July on Preflight. But it's never too late to celebrate your country's no, independence, Gil. Indeed. So With patriotically jingoistic beer drinking hats. Beer drinking with Uncle beards. Sam hats. And you can see how well this hat, as every other hat... I've ever worn fits my giant head. We forgot the beer, though. Yeah, we forgot the beer, which is really the, the oh, part God, that, that tastes parks in the part that makes it worth worth wearing. Um, so yeah, we didn't celebrate properly didn't celebrate. our country's Independence Day uh, the week we actually aired that pre-flight episode. So we're going to celebrate it now. That we celebrated by having our fully coolie. Yeah. Anime Expo panel not sure. streamed, so you still didn't get to. Sure, you, it, so. I mean, yeah, we didn't do it. We didn't do it right. No, um, next year <laughs> we're going to do it right. But uh, today we're going to talk about uh, we're going to talk about Whisper of the Heart, which doesn't really fit the theme, but no. it's a great movie, and we should talk about it anyway. And then, what's your favorite America movie? Is our topic, and then we have some other fun stuff to show you. We have a sneak peeks and a special two man's trash edition of one man's trash. True. Oh, oh, okay, that's this, this it is, week. It All is. right, good deal. That was fun. Um, so first up, why don't we talk? This is too uncomfortable. I can't keep wearing this. Yeah, well, I'm going to leave it on a little longer, but not much. So first up, why don't we talk Whisper of the Heart? So Whisper of the Heart is an this odd. Should always be our background. <laughs> I know. Hey. Whisper of the Heart is an odd bird in the Studio Ghibli um, history because it was the first Studio Ghibli film not directed by Takahata or Miyazaki. And in fact, the gentleman that did direct it, you know his name? I did, but I forgot. Okay. So Gil will look up his name. The gentleman that did direct it worked on a lot of projects with Miyazaki, who worked on a lot of the TV shows that Miyazaki sort of came up on. He also was an animation director on Kiki and Mononoke. Yoshifumi um, Kondo. What's his name? Yoshifumi Kondo. Yoshifumi Kondo. So Yoshifumi Kondo was an animation director who had been working with Miyazaki and Takahata for years. And so... They kind of groomed him to be the next, you know, Ghibli director. Um, and he directed this movie, Whisper of the Heart, which was a modest uh, hit in Japan, uh, and then died a year or two later at the age of 48. Um, and actually, when he died, that was the first time Miyazaki retired because it turned out that he died from overwork. He basically yeah. had an aneurysm from people in Japan die of overwork and it's not uncommon it's sort of an epidemic there yeah especially um, in animation 
Yeah, and um, he died, and Miyazaki realized he needed to slow down and sort of try to enjoy life a little more and not just live for work. Um, so he reti- so that he worked for fifteen more years. <laughs> he retired, but well, but he has slowed down a little. I yeah. think it taught him a little bit. Um, so it's weird because this was the beginning of what might have been a very promising career that was sadly cut short. Um, even so, some of the characters from this movie were repurposed for a sort of pseudo sequel slash reimagining um, called The Cat Returns uh, several years later. About. Yeah, which we've already talked about, which is the Baron and, and his lady friend. Um, those characters reappear in The Cat Returns um, when here they're presented very much as part of a girl's imagination of a story. Um, and in The Cat Returns, they're basically real. Um, they're real the, in both instances. The Cat Returns, I guess. The Cat Returns was a... Uh, a mild hit too um so pretty interesting sort of background behind this ghibli title it was also one of the ones that for years and years was really hard to get in the u.s and it actually just like last year received a re-release was in theaters um which is good because it's it's a really wonderful coming of age film um it's playing at our local art cinema today as a matter of fact is it really Um, i guess it's already played by the time of this but you know a lot of Studio Ghibli films are coming-of-age films, but this movie in particular really sort of hones in on those awkward um, adolescent years, you know, between 14 and 16, where you're just trying to figure out who you are and what you want to be, and you don't really know the answers to any of those questions, but they all seem really vital, you know. Um, groups of friends and potentially more more than friends. Yeah, and you're trying to figure out romance and you know, all kinds of huge things that you start grappling with around that age that most people then are dealing with for the rest of their lives. Um, So let's watch the Japanese trailer for this first, and then we can talk about the movie a little bit. So, um, the movie is about largely a young girl named Shizuku, who um, is sort of just a good student and kind of a she's quiet, a book lover. Yeah, she's a indoor book, kid, kind of a bookworm. Um, and she one day wanders into sort of an antique shop and sees this. Is it a clock or a statue? It's a He's clock. A statue. Right? Yeah, it's a statue of this cat uh, that she decides to call the Baron, right? Yeah, because he's all... And the shop owner David. sort of uh, bef- you know, befriends her, and she makes uh, friends with another young man who's going away to violin training, like he's going to music Academy. school. Yeah, for a couple months. And she sort of makes a bet with him that... He he and he and she he's like well I'm going away to be creative what are you doing and so she decides she's going to write a story and she's he's gonna, checked out all of the books that she's also right she's annoyed with him at first and then of course she starts yeah. to like him um, so then she much like our meet cute so she wants to show him that she's better than him basically or as good as him so she decides to take two months and write this story so the movie is sort of. A little bit about her reflect her sort of day to day life, and then a little bit 
they show you sort of her story. They sort of show the story a little bit. They, they, yeah. her imaginings of the Baron and his adventures. So she spends two months writing this and starts kind of slipping at school and having a little bit of like family, adolescent yeah, times and fam- out. family drama acting out. Her parents don't understand why she's suddenly not paying attention to school. And then when she comes back, um, she shows the story to the shop owner and he thinks it's wonderful. And she and the the movie basically ends with the young man and her confessing their love for one another. And um, so that's sort of the the resolution. But it's really just, I mean, of all the of all the Studio Ghibli movies, this one is probably the most. I guess there's also like the, some of the later ones, like From Up on Poppy Hill. But this is one of those sort of just slice of life movies. You can totally tell Miyazaki wrote it just because of the strong female you know heroin at the center of the story and the idea that imagination is an escape from the day-to-day right doldrums and small town life and sort of all the themes that are prevalent in a lot of miyazaki cats yeah a lot of miyazaki and studio ghibli movies um and it's really good it's probably the slowest ghibli movie i think i mean it is really glacially paced yeah i mean it's about a girl writing a, a story story and the story of her writing that story, and evidently it's from a manga. And I knew that I know that Miyazaki wrote it, but I don't know if he created the manga too. No, um, I think he just wrote this. He adapted it, it yeah. from the manga. Um, so it's not sort of your normal Ghibli flight of fantasy type thing, although there's a little of that in there. It's very much more an actual coming of age story about a young girl. Um, I think it would be great to show this to young people um my daughter saw it when she was uh 12 um she liked it a lot she actually her favorite movie is the cat returns um because she really loved she fell in love with the character of the baron in this movie and then the cat yeah. returns is and he really gets to all the baron stretch you know? his legs um but she liked this movie a lot too and you know it gave her a lot to think about about boys and carrie always playing a dashing cat <laughs> yeah, in the english right. dub both versions um and the english dub is really good for this um and the english dub of cat returns is really good just like most other Ghibli films. So it's readily available now because it's been re-released on Blu-ray. Um, it's pretty easy to find, but I would say it's an underlooked. As far as Studio Ghibli's oeuvre, it's, right. it's under underappreciated because I think it's so low stakes in terms of... There's no not saving about, of the yeah, world. It's There's not about no, saving the world. It's yeah. not life and death. It's literally just you know an adolescent going through teenage emotions um but it's really good and i think i kind of wish there were more animated movies that were about a little more of that than you know always being either goofy rabbit farts part 12 or like or attack on whatever you know rabbit town yeah attack on rabbit town um so i where did we rate it on the paste anime 100 movies like what place? Yeah, it was it's in, the high fifties, fifty nine ish. That's right. Yeah, I'd say that's accurate. Damn, I'm good. Um, so, <laughs> so moving on Another to our Marco classic, to our topic of the day, uh, and that is no. Kind of what is your favorite America movie? So I think it's important for us to lay out wh- what we meant by that before we go through our choices, which obviously. 
America means something different to everyone that lives I here. I think that's the beauty of America. That is the beauty of, the, of our great nation. Um, so what I meant by America movie was the movie that, whether it means to or not, whether it's trying to or not, sums up something about, says something about our country, sums up some aspect, either good or bad, of our country. So I had a slightly different set of criteria, yeah. but I'll get to mine yeah. when I do my picks. Um, you usually do have a slightly different set of criteria than everyone else on earth. I'll say that about you. Yeah. Usually it's a lower bar for you. Yeah. Usually uh, Uncle the, Sam you, hair stuck on your, your left Your eyebrow. bar is low. No, I just have normally no. hairy eyebrows. Um, you got it. So first up is um, the best Michael Bay film, and that is Pain, Armageddon? Pain and Gain. Oh. No, you're wrong. Armageddon sucks. <laughs> This is actually, I would go so far as to say, maybe the only good Michael Bay film. Although, I, I kind of like The Rock, so I guess I'll give The Rock. Um, this The Rock or the movie The Rock? <laughs> both. Because um, you, you can't just kind of like The Rock. No, I like the performer The Rock way more than the movie The Rock. Yeah, as I think First of all, should. The Rock is not in The Rock, so... Really, a travesty of justice there. Yeah, I wish they could go They back should reboot The Rock they with should. The Rock. They should. But he doesn't really go by The Rock anymore. Um, Dwayne... But uh, so Pain and Gain, which came out a couple years back um, for Michael Bay, it is a marvel of restraint, even though it's totally over the top (laughs) and bananas. It's one of his lowest budget films that he's ever produced. Um, And it's based on a true story, which the true story of these guys is totally bananas. It's totally bananas and horrifying because it's about three muscle bound morons in South Florida who try to blackmail somebody and kidnap him and then they end up killing him yeah and then they get and then they're trying to cover it up and they're all so stupid and coked out that they just commit all kinds of up yeah it androided up they commit all kinds of crazy crimes but beautifully michael bay chooses to make this into sort of a super black comedy farce and uh make it a lot about you know the idea that Everybody in America deserves their shot, you know, that that thought process, how badly that can, how far down the rabbit hole that can lead you in the wrong direction if you're a moron. Um, So let's check out, this is actually a clip, this is a a put together a bunch of clips of Mark Wahlberg, who's the star, his voiceover, his voiceover in the movie, this the somebody kind of put together two minutes of his sort of self-motivational voiceover he does that gives his reasoning for why they're doing what they're doing. So let's watch this. We all start out equal. Little blobs of blood and muscle. It's a setup of awesome potential. Most people never develop that potential. I knew early on I was not most people. There you go. There you go. Yes. Come on, big man. Work it, baby. Come on. Let's go. Because if you're willing to do the work, you can have anything. That's what makes the US of A great. When it started, America was just a handful of scrawny colonies. Now, it's the most buff, pumped up country on the planet. That's pretty rad. That's it? Work harder. All of my heroes are self-made. Rocky, Scarface, all the guys from The Godfather, they all started out with nothing and built their way to perfection. The way to prove yourself is to better yourself. That's the American dream. 
I have no sympathy for people who squander their gifts. It's sickening. It's worse than sickening. It's unpatriotic. Ready to stay, I gotta say, it felt great to be doing so awesome. Workers suck. When I was young, there was a rich kid lived two blocks over. Little prick had a new bike every Christmas. Your ashes are looking great. And his parents took him on vacations to places like Paris and France. I mean, I didn't hate him. I just thought it'd be cool to see France. But I knew that wasn't ever going to happen unless I did something about it. Let's go, set. Fuck! Hey, what's going on, DL? You've been unfocused all day, man. You ever just get tired of being where you are, Adrian? No, I kind of like it here. I mean, the weights are new to me. I mean, in life, man. Where you are in life. I mean, look at us, man. Like Superman. Come on! Don't you think we deserve better? Because I do. And I do too. Then fucking act like it, man. Come on. That's why when these roids kick into this chocolate mask, baby, I'm gonna be unstoppable. I ain't making no more tacos. I ain't cleaning up after nobody's tacos. I'm putting my beef in their tacos, baby. Everybody gonna eat some of this. That's what I'm talking about. Don't be a donter. Do be a doer. Add a question. I'm, I'm a doer. What is this, Valentine's Day? Say it like you want to hunt it, skin it, and mount his head on your wall. I'm a door. What? I'm a door. Yeah! I'm a door. That's some so, good life advice stuff. So, uh, so yeah, a really good black comedy about the emptiness at the heart of the American dream. For some. Sure. Not for Gil. Um, I like that movie. I do, too. It's the only good Michael Bay movie. Um, so next up is an American classic, and that is, of course, the great Rocky Four. When I saw this movie in the theater, when the James Brown song's playing and they got to Atlanta, the whole theater burst into applause. Living in America. This is the most red, white, and blue movie I could possibly imagine um, because, well, it was made made during the height <laughs> of the Cold War. And the, there's a Russian who's the bad guy, Dolph Lundgren, who's not really Russian, but he plays a Russian. So it's like they literally set it up so that Rocky, the symbol of American can-do attitude, came up from nothing. Made, you know, self-made man is now up against a Russian um, who's got the whole weight of the Soviet Union behind him, and he's all roided up, and he has every advantage. And Rocky's sort of old and busted, and he only comes out of retirement because the Russian kills Apollo Creed because he doesn't throw the towel in soon enough. So they did. Rocky's yeah, fault. Rocky feels guilty because he didn't. Well, let's be real; it's not Rocky's fault. That the guy was a psycho. He was yeah. holding the towel. Rocky felt guilty. That doesn't mean... Yeah, but he knew Apollo didn't want him to throw in the towel. Yeah. He was doing what his friend wanted. Try to put yourself in his shoes for once. No. Instead, you're just going to side with the Russian. Um, that doesn't make sense. So, anyway, <laughs> so uh, it's a hilarious movie. It's so stupid and over the top and ridiculous about how pro-America it is. It's also a really fun, dumb movie. Um I, I have two clips from this movie be, that I think exemplify its Americanness. Um, the first is when they he first meets Dolph Lundgren and they're about to have their first fight, and he tells him straight up, "I must break you." 
And it, for for Dolph Lundgren, it's like there's no question he's going to beat Rocky, and it's just business because he's working for the government. He's not evil like Apollo Creed. He just doesn't. I mean, he is kind of evil, but he's evil in a way that's cold and doesn't care. He's not like mad. He's just like get yeah. out of my way. He's punching the clock. Yeah, which is Rocky's face. So let's <laughs> so let's check out this clip from Rocky Four. section of the Russian, and he's just hit him with everything he's got. And Drago just smiled at him. Keep jumping away! Jump him down! Jump him down! Come on, Rock! Rocky Balboa is in serious trouble. They might have to stop this one before somebody gets killed. Richard Graham! Richard Graham! Your prototypical physics PhD, <laughs> Dolph so Lundgren. Stupid! It's so stupid. The boxing is so bad. And by, I mean, really, by the second Rocky, they left any real boxing stuff behind. I mean, the yeah. first Rocky, somewhat of a legit movie. The second Rocky, they come back around to it for Creed. Yeah, for but Creed. it takes them a good thirty years <laughs> to do. get there. Um, but just hilarious in how dumb it is. And then also, it's got probably one of the greatest bad soundtracks. In the world, uh, with some really perfect well, montage when your brother's, sequences. Um, yeah, when your brother's Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. So here is a great sequence meant to evoke the original Rocky, where he runs up the steps and is sort of feeling himself. This is sort of after he's lost. He's training in Russia for the follow-up fight. They're worried he might get killed, and he has no money because no one really wants to support him. And no help. And he's training in this hard the scrabble. Amish way. Yeah, he's training in the Amish way in like the middle of the woods. And meanwhile, Dolph Lundgren's got like, he's like with a team of scientists. And it's the yeah. dumbest. He's orbiting the earth. It's so <laughs> fucking stupid. So let's check out the montage with one of the greatest songs in any Rocky movie. That looks significantly it. harder than running you up the gotta, you gotta Philadelphia love, Museum stairs. You gotta love any movie that has just a, yells the, the main <laughs> character at the top of a mountain while the ca- while the camera spins around him, just screaming the bad guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so my final America movie um, is fairly recent as well, and that is, of course, the 2013 Harmony Korean classic, Spring Breakers. <laughs> uh, for me, this movie, I mean, obviously this movie is a parody of dipshit spring break culture, Panama City, vapidness of that kind of 
South Florida culture, but it's also weirdly celebrating it at the same time. Well, you have to love something to parry. And I think it's uh, so I think it's sort of it really walks a line, which is why it's not for everyone, because some people think it's don't can't tell that it's a parody and just think that like they think it's awesome. Right. And some people think it's all parody. So it's totally meaningless. And I don't think it's any of those things. I think it's all of those things. Um, But I genuinely love this movie. And I also don't really like any else of uh, anything else. Harmony Harmony Corinne's done. Um, So it's weird. The America movies maybe are best done by people who don't make good movies. Otherwise, Um, (laughs) but that might be the most America thing of all. I know. So there's so there's really nothing more American than dipshit college kids on spring break. I mean, <laughs> that really, is true. That is so American. And um, white guy dreads and grills. And, yeah, exactly. And white guy dreads with the grills. Um, so uh, this movie actually had a sequel already, which I haven't seen, nor do I plan to, because it wasn't Harmony Corinne involved. Yeah. Um, spring Breakerist. Yeah. But a beautiful looking movie and an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, it's kind of just one long music video. It really is. And and they repeat, I mean, Harmony Korine said at the time, he repeats a lot of things cyclically in the movie, like conversations keep coming back because he wanted to treat it like a mixtape, like those were samples. Um, whether or not, you know, your mileage may vary on that. But it also has Gucci Mane in it, so... I'm not going to really ever not like something that's got Gucci Mane in it. So here's the trailer for Spring Breakers. If you haven't seen it and you want to see a good America movie, check it out. Spring Break Forever. Spring Break Forever, bitches. That does it for my America movies. Well done. Excellent choices. I fucking love Spring Breakers as well. Uh, My criteria was a little different. What was your criteria? It needed to be the triumph of the American spirit over some foreign power. Okay. Um, And it needed to have America in the title. Wow, Uh, you went all the way ham on it. So first for me is the 1985 John Badham classic American Flyers. No, no, no. American Flyers. American Flyers. Yeah. My bad. Excuse me. We're calling them American Flyers. This yeah. It looks like they're about to fight over this bicycle, but he's really going to help them. Uh, this is Kevin Costner as a bicycling kinesiologist, I guess, is his profession. He and his brother are sort of estranged, and he goes and finds his brother, and they have this medical history, uh, and they're not sure which one's going to have it because it's a recessive gene, but it's basically a brain aneurysm and they think that one of them's going to die and they're trying to figure out what it is so they get ready for the the, only reason to do a bike race the hell of the west bike race um and so this is 80s as hell and john badham yeah america as fuck because there's a russian guy that they're fighting (laughs) in the bike race and he's wearing like Red hammer nice. and sickle, nice. full on nice. jersey. Even though it's not the Olympics, or like I mean, it's it was just, the it was the eighties. If you needed a bad yeah. guy, literally all you had to say was he's Russian. Right. Okay, cool, bad guy. And he looks like he's Greek. I don't think he's really Russian at all. Um, but uh, there's some pretty hilariously awesome. I actually really like this movie. Um, but this is 
the tight pants announcer uh, starting off the race. This is the beginning of the Hell of the West race. So this is what the movie's built to is this final race, race showdown. So let's check this out. I didn't want to ruin it because mm. the race builds over several days and there's bam, bam, bam. stages. There also needs bam, to be a bam, sweet bam. 80s jam while you're getting ready to fight. I would. I wish they had used, well, it wasn't out then, but Tour de France yeah. from Kraftwerk. Um, Tour de France. So it seems a little odd that if you're worried about a brain aneurysm that you're going to train for one of the hardest bike races in the world. <laughs> it seems like maybe just sitting you on the couch might have a brain aneurysm. To... Let's go work out! Um, but uh comes down to... Cannibal Muzzin, who was wearing the 7-Eleven jersey. Fun fact, that was the team that became uh, Lance Armstrong's team oh. uh, in the late 80s. And a great tradition of doping, in, another yeah. fine American pastime. Right, so sometimes you got to cheat a little bit. If everybody's cheating, then nobody's cheating. So uh, check it out. <laughs> cool, that's an interesting way of looking at it. Second for me is arguably not a tremendous film, but I still like it. And that is American Anthem from the director of Purple Rain, Albert Magnolia. I love, love, love your soft shoe on that. Um, Arguably, not, a not a, like, instead of just saying it's, it's a, a piece of shit, total piece of shit. Which um, is what it Mitchell is. Gaylord, American gold medal winner, no slouch <laughs> in the physical realm, yeah. is not a tremendous actor. Not a great actor. Uh, Wayne Gretzky's soon to be at this point wife. Marrying Wayne Gretzky turned out to be a better career move for her than Jennifer Jones. Uh, Je- uh, no, it's um, what's her name? Uh, Janet Jones. Janet Jones. I always think it's Jennifer Jones. So yeah, she, this, wasn't she in this and like two other movies and then yeah, and then out <laughs> cashed it in. This is eighty six, and I think they got married in eighty eight, and Gretzky retired in eighty nine. So I think playing golf and drinking mimosas in yeah. Arizona or wherever the hell they lived is probably a better yeah. scenario. Yeah. Um, this is. Mitchell Gaylord is this is a blue collar triumph over all uh, that also has America in the title because I was running out of American movies that had America in them. Um, Surely, even if you out. really like gymnastics, yeah. I don't see how you could like this movie. This is not. It's a terrible movie good. by any standard. Uh, but let's check out the trailer because it's funny. American Anthem, the new vision of love and triumph from the director of Purple Rain. Featuring the music of Mr. Mister, Stevie Nicks, Andy Taylor, John Parr, and NXS. From the this, director this of movie's Purple basically, Rain. basically, if you take Purple Rain, yeah. still set it in Minnesota, but make it white as hell in the suburbs and, and take boring. all the good music out of it and which, make it super boring. Which Purple Rain is not a poorly directed film, but let's be real. Purple Rain worked because it was about fucking right. Prince. This not is about Mitch Gaylord. Mitch Gaylord. <laughs> like, but there are some hilarious no. uh, montage scenes. I'm sure. 
I'm and sure. the, anytime that you have your own gymnastics pole in between two trees or telephone poles yeah, in your sure. backyard, and you can have midnight blue collar, midnight, midnight, uh, midnight sessions. sessions, midnight sesh, flipping yeah. around on the on the, Flip the bar. Uh, last for me is Team America from Matt Parker or Trey Parker and Matt Stone, two thousand four. And I really don't like them or really anything that they've done other than this movie. And I really, really like yeah. this movie. Same. Um, hey, look, I'm one of the members. You're, yeah, you, you're a little short. Move a little to your right. There you go. And then you can have the blonde hair. Um, there are a bunch of scenes f- uh, available for this movie. Um, but oddly enough, not the one that I was looking for. So this is not Which the best... One? Pooping on, pooping on each other. <laughs> the uh, the sex scene you can find, which is hilarious, mm-hmm. but I thought perhaps not yeah. the most yeah. family friendly for uh, this all ages show that we have here. Uh, so this is the montage of preparing to oh, become. I need a montage. A better uh, montage. soldier. So uh, let's check out Team America's montage. movie is great um so those are some of my favorite movies that have america in the title so let's look at your uh choices for your favorite america movies the adult swim facebook team america number one gettysburg which is a strange choice uh independence day which makes sense to me american sniper which not a bad movie but and then idiocracy which i think is how a lot of people look at America today, sadly. Um, yeah. And then next Freshened up, film. let's look at the uh, Tinami Facebook choices for your favorite America movies. Team America, again at the top, Independence Day, Saving Private Ryan, of course, great movie. Captain America, The First Avenger, also a very good movie. And The Patriot, which not, is not a, a tremendous dog movie. shit movie. Not a great movie. The only way that movie represents America is how much we want to lie to ourselves about our past. Honorable mention for Supersize Me as a choice. Supersize Me, pretty inspired choice. Um, so uh, that's it for this week's topic. So let's move on to the sneak peek. So first up, we have a sneak peek of episode 25 of Dragon Ball Super. Let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. I apologize for keeping you waiting. Hi, Lord Destroyer, sir. Glad you're here. I didn't know Beerus was coming, too. Yes, well, when you're offering a strawberry sundae, what did you expect? Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 1130. Wow, it looks even more delicious in person. How can they eat when there's a mad tyrant lighting up the sky? Deities operate on a completely different level. Fantastic! Only Toonami on Adult Swim. And then we have a uh, promo for 
Is this the final episode of Second, this season? Penultimate episode. A penultimate episode of this season of Attack on Titan, episode 11. Let's check that out. On the next all-new episode of Attack on Titan. Heads up! She's back! Oh, no. They're getting away with Aaron! Go! Recover Aaron from the armored Titan and retreat! Your heart and soul to the cause! Failure is not an option! Get ready for a new episode of Attack on Titan, Saturday night at 12.30. Only Toonami. And then we may or may not put something in this spot, which may or may not be a music video from an artist, or it might be nothing, in which case we'll just move on. Back in the day, Robotron and Smash TV were arcade hits. Now that spirit lives on with Nex Machina for the PS4. In a distant future, evil robots have taken over the world. Your mission? Find human survivors while staying alive long enough to destroy the machines. Run, gun, and level up on the fly. Grab some handy power-ups, but watch out. You'll lose them when you die, which can leave you in some tough situations. Even with nerves of steel and mad twitch skills, the ruthless machines will take you down time and again. Oh, man! But each death is a lesson learned, and knowing what not to do next time is a step closer to taking out those pain-in-the-ass bosses. Gotcha, punk. Next Machina is fast, furious, and oftentimes infuriating. But it'll keep you coming back for more. We give the new twin-stick shooter on the block an 8.5 out of 10. Who wants some? And then we have One Man's Trash. Which was a joint effort. Well done, sir. Thank you. Why don't we um, let the viewers in on it? So we were playing... Jason was playing Last of Us. Again. Again. For the fourth time. For After me. perhaps... Was it a pre-flight where we were talking about it? Or was it a Game Humpers talking about playing through on the easiest difficulty? I think it was a Game Humpers where we talked about... You said, I played it through on easy and it was was fun because it was like just a shooter that you just mindlessly blew through it. And I thought, well, I've played it on normal and I've played it on hard. So I'll play it on easy just for fun because I'm not going to do Nutcrusher difficulty, which is what you did. Well, there's Survivor and then there's Grounded. I didn't. I didn't so. do Survivor. Even I did what's above Survivor, which is just like hard. Mm. So easy. No. Okay. Because um, I just played easy and it was very easy. Right. So um, then you decided after watching me play it on easy. With every four to six weeks, Jason and I are figuring out what we're going to play, and we always say, oh, "I'll probably just play The Last of Us again." <laughs> um, and so watching him, I just kept thinking, "Why am I not playing The Last of Us again?" So I fired it up and decided to go... There were two trophies that I was looking at in terms of One Man's Trash. One was Grounded Plus, which is having played it through on Grounded, playing New Game Plus for that, which is totally pointless because it's actually slightly easier, um, but not so easy that you can actually just fly through it. Yeah. And then the other was the optional conversations, doing all the optional conversations. And somehow I still continue to fuck that up every single time. And the seven, probably, playthroughs that I've done it, I've tried relatively patiently a couple of times, and I really thought I had it this time. I probably should just look it up online instead of just waiting for a triangle to appear, but... Or just move on. Hang on. Then the next One Man's Trash will be the Platinum 100% everything. So, uh, Jason, through an episode of Game Humpers and an episode of... 
trapped in LA for Anime Expo, I'll have to play through The Last of Us on Grounded Plus, and this is that one man's asterisked two man's trash. So check it out. Welcome to another One Man's Trash, where I try to do my best at being the worst. Today we're going to be playing what's probably my favorite video game of all time, The Last of Us. I'd seen Jason playing The Last of Us, and I kept finding myself just wandering into his office wondering, why am I not playing The Last of Us again? So I decided to do just that. What's the other option? I'd beaten the game on most of the other difficulties, including Grounded, which was the hardest and most recent one they came out with. But I realized I'd never beaten it on Grounded Plus, which is what I decided to do what today's One Man's Trash about. Grounded Plus is the new game plus of Grounded difficulty. So just like that, you have virtually no supplies. You're pretty much dead the entire time. All your enemies do more damage and they have more health. So it's pretty, it's not impossible, but it's pretty hard. And it's probably my favorite way to play The Last of Us. But on Grounded Plus, it's all of those things, but you get to keep your Joel upgrades and you get to keep all your weapon upgrades. So it's a little bit easier and therefore a little more pointless. Thus, pre-flight. Jason actually helped me with the gameplay for a decent amount of this. Uh, we'd done one Game Humpers episode of this playthrough, and then also around our Anime Expo panel, uh, we were also playing this. So this really should be two men's trash. You know what? This isn't that bad. So there's some parts in The Last of Us that are hard, kind of no matter what difficulty you're playing on, but they're extra hard on Grounded and even on Grounded Plus. <laughs> The only upside is some of the gunfights are a little easier, but if you're trying to sneak by guys and just trying to get through difficult parts, you're pretty much still screwed and you have no goodies. But I found myself approaching the hospital and I was in pretty good shape and I ended up having a super lucky run against the last bloaters and the clickers and I kind of just snuck by these two bloaters and I got to a decision where I could either jump down and move on to the hospital or I could go back and fight the bloaters. And this is sort of where I really like The Last of Us, especially on these harder difficulties. And that is you really have these strategic decisions where it would be like if you actually were trying to survive. Is it worth going to have this fight and maybe scrounging up some extra supplies? Or are you going to die and instead of real life, actually just have to play the whole level again? So I decided that I'd made it through and uh, one in the hand was worth two and the whatever the hell that saying is. So I jumped down and moved on to the hospital. And after playing the hospital for a few tries, I thought I had totally made a mistake. I ain't got time for this. On the hospital level, there are no checkpoints. And that's pretty much the same for any of the harder difficulty parts, like the sniper level where you have to restart the whole thing. But on this, you're fighting a lot of people and you don't have very many supplies. So after I died about 30 or so times, I was really hoping I'd made a hard save on that last part and maybe I would need to go back and get some more weapons. And I'd gotten it down to kind of a science where if ammo didn't drop from these first two guys that I was fighting, it pretty much wasn't worth it. But then I would get upset and I would try to shoot everybody and run through the level. And I tried a couple different sneaking times. I tried choking guys out. I tried taking my time. I tried running and it really just seemed like nothing was going to work. Uh, and then once again, I thought I was going to fail. And once again, I didn't fail. <laughs> <laughs> because I made it all the way to the very end, or almost all the way to the very end, 
and then died and had to start all over again and again and again and again and again. But on what I hoped was going to be my final playthrough, I actually made it really, really far, and there are only four guys left. I had a decent amount of health, and I just needed to wait for one of them to break formation and start picking them off one by one. But these some bitches would not break formation, and they wouldn't get lured over by a brick. So I waited for about two minutes, and I kind of went back and forth a bunch and lured this one guy over and got him. So I was down to three guys, and I waited another two or maybe even three minutes. And it really just seemed like these guys were never going to come. So I realized I was going to have to shoot somebody. But I only had one El Diablo round, which is the only weapon I had that would put these guys down with one shot. So I came to a time when I knew I was going to need a two-for-one. And I was patient, and I took my time. And for a second I thought I was going to get three-for-one, but El Diablo is a fickle mistress. But two guys dropped, so there's only one left. And I had 47 units in my flamethrower left. And normally I like to burn all the some bitch fireflies. But when you're playing on Grounded Plus or Grounded or Survivor or Survivor Plus, you really don't have that luxury. But this guy was gonna burn. So I hit him with the smoke bomb, and for a second thought, because I actually hit him with the smoke bomb, I was gonna die. And came up a little short on the flamethrower, but I still got to cook him right which then only leaves dealing with the quote-unquote doctors. Then you scoop Ellie up, make the escape to the elevator, and then there's just some rugged, amazing cutscenes. Let me go. You just come after her. And a quick walk through the woods to what is probably the best ending in a video game of all time before the trophy pops for Grounded Plus. And another one man's trash is in the books. So is that everything you hoped for? If you've got something fun or dumb for me to do in a video game, hit me up on Twitter at StupidGill and let me know. It was pretty fun. It turns it into the difference between going from playing it on easy where you just mow people down and just beat everybody to death with your bare hands because right. no one can really hurt you. And then playing it on Grounded Plus where every decision is a tactical decision. It's a mix of... It was a mix of... That's why we kept trading off because you get an idea in your head of here's how I need to do it, but that idea doesn't always work because the game throws random things at you and so it's a mix between fluidity of like being able to take advantage of something that's going your way and also tactical planning and knowing that you can't do a certain thing so it was pretty fun to just sort of try to work out the problem of yeah okay i gotta get through this room and then after this room is this other room and i really didn't think i was gonna be able to finish it i thought i was gonna have to replay the whole other last level yeah. to come in with more shit but you did it good triumph over evil once again when it comes to putting his nuts in a vice there's nobody nobody better. nobody like gill no um nobody's as good as gill at putting gill's nuts in a vice that's true so then uh finally we have this week's adult swim single um and that is lips that bite by downtown boys um it's a it's a pretty sweet jam so i say go to adultswim.com slash singles and check it out and you can also check out there all the other previous weeks of uh, adult swim singles which we're doing every week this year so let's play a little bit of lips that bite so you guys can check it out
And don't forget, next week we'll be doing a live broadcast from the site of San Diego Comic Con. Nearby. Of pre flight. Well, I mean, we're where Comic Con is happening. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Every time, man. Fucking pedantic gill. The site of San Diego Comic Con nearby. We'll be doing a live broadcast of Toonami Preflight, uh, and that'll be on Thursday night. Do you know what time that is, East Coast time? should be 10 p.m. this time. Yeah, I think it's 10 p.m. East Coast time, 7 p.m. West Coast time. Catch us live. We will be premiering a few new pieces of content, playing some games. I'll be wearing some dumb outfits, and Gil will be wearing some dumb outfits. Tom and Sarah will both be there, Steve Bloom and Dana Swanson. So check us out next week for a live edition. And check out our Facebook when we tell you what the actual time will be cuz Yeah, probably we might have just told right. you the wrong thing. So we'll see uh we'll see you then. Bye. Tsunami every Saturday night from 11 to 3:30.